Welcome to St. Mark's Daily Devotions for Tuesday, August 4th, with me, Siggy Helgeson, and with music by Darren Kerbs. The words of the hymn, Be Thou My Vision, are a prayer of trust, hope, and direction that we will focus on in this series, continuing our life together in the Spirit these summer days. Routines take on meaning as we adopt them. Like pathways, we can walk with the expectation of a well-marked and familiar trail. We hope these devotions can be such a trail for you, giving you a daily walk with God and community that nourishes you as we make our way forward together. As you listen, we hope you will feel invited and welcomed into the community of faith that nourishes and sustains us, trusting God to ever be our vision, our best thoughts, and our light. During the month of August, as we hear daily devotions based on this hymn, we will have the opportunity to think about how God can be our vision and trusted guide through uncertain times. Today's scripture is about Paul's vision of Jesus and a meeting along the road to Damascus. As I read from Acts 9, verse 1 through 19, I invite you to listen for the references to vision and sight. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath. He was eager to destroy the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogue in Damascus, asking their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way that he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was nearing Damascus on this mission, a brilliant light from heaven suddenly beamed down upon him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, sir? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you are to do. The men with Saul stood speechless with surprise, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but they saw no one. As Saul picked himself up off the ground, he found that he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there, blind, for three days. And all that time, he went without food and water. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, Go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas. When you arrive, 
ask for Saul of Tarsus. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying his hands on him so that he could see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard about the terrible things this man has done to believers in Jerusalem, and we hear that he is authorized by the leading priests to arrest every believer in Damascus. But the Lord said, Go and do what I say, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for me. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you may get your sight back and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food and was strengthened. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. As you may have noticed, in that story, there are several references to vision, blindness, and sight, both literally and figuratively. Saul is blind figuratively as he starts out for Damascus in hot pursuit of hunting down this new sect of Jesus followers. He is struck by a flash of light along the way and confronted by Jesus himself, whom he is persecuting. And then, literally, he is blinded by the light. He then receives a vision of a man named Ananias, who will lay hands on him and heal him. Ananias does just that, lays hands on him, and something like scales falls from his eyes, and Saul receives his sight, literally, and is filled with the Holy Spirit. He then proclaims Jesus as Lord. I can imagine hearing him say, Be thou my vision. This story is a detailed description of Saul's conversion, and it sheds light on the process of becoming open to receive God's vision for one's life. Perhaps you and I can relate to a time when we were absolutely certain about the truth of something and acted on it like Saul. But later, with new information or a new experience, we began to wonder if we had it right. Perhaps our vision was clouded. We may even see that there were some blind spots that now are exposed to the light of truth. Seeing things in a new way is not an easy process. And much like Saul, we may need a flash of light to get our attention. During these past months, I've become more aware of the ways that we as a culture can be blind to many things. Especially lately, I've been thinking about the way we're blind to racism. In reading the book White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo that we are reading together in a book group from St. Mark's, we've been discussing the book and ways that we've been challenged to see 
how we are complicit in a racist system that I benefit from as a white person. And I admit that I have been blind to systemic racism that's been exposed by the Black Lives Movement, the Black Lives Matter Movement, and my reading and listening to the experience of people of color. Scales have been peeled off my eyes like cataracts to see racism more clearly and the years of pain caused by being blind to it. Saul's blindness took years to cultivate, but when he finally was literally blinded by the light of Jesus, it took three days as he fasted and prayed and perhaps reflected on his beliefs. Later, Ananias, a disciple who was told to go to Saul and lift up the truth of the vision God had for him and his people, laid hands on Saul, that he was given sight, both literally and figuratively, the sight of God's vision for his life. I give thanks for those leaders, like Ananias, who are willing to follow God's vision, even at the expense of threatening their own life. Like civil rights leaders, Martin Luther King Jr. and Representative John Lewis, who held up the torch which shined the light, exposing racism in our country. Last week, when John Lewis's body was taken one more time across the Edmund Pettus Bridge, many have recalled his life and the multiple marches across that very bridge, along with the brutal beatings he and others sustained as a result of holding up that torch. As I record this today, John's, John Lewis's life is being celebrated at his memorial. His life was inspired and guided by God and the vision of that beloved community. He wrote an op-ed shortly before he died to be shared on this day, encouraging the next generation to continue to take up that torch that vision, he ended by saying this. Though I may not be here with you, I urge you to answer the highest calling of your heart and stand up for what you truly believe. In my life, I have done all I can to demonstrate that the way of peace, the way of love and nonviolence is the more excellent way. Now it is your turn to let freedom ring. When historians pick up their pens to write the story of the 21st century, let them say that it was your generation who laid down the heavy burdens of hate at last and that peace finally triumphed over violence, aggression, and war. So I say to you, walk with the wind, brothers and sisters, and let the spirit of peace and the power of everlasting love be your guide. Sleep.
Let us pray. The prayer that we pray today is taken from the book Love Heals by Becca Stevens. God of compassion and grace, give me eyes to see that you are the person in front of me who is hungry. When I fail to see my neighbor as myself, cure my blindness. When I fail to hear your voice when a friend is speaking from their brokenness, Give me ears to hear. When I can't feel empathy for the stranger who is afraid, kindle my heart to comfort. In all things, mold me to be more compassionate as a follower of your ways. Remind me again that in loving one another, we all find our way to you. Amen. And now receive this blessing written by the converted Apostle Paul. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. God, the Creator, Jesus the Christ, and the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, bless you and keep you in eternal love.